to the Road to Recovery podcast. I'm your host, Faison Shake. Today I'm interviewing an awesome guy, Callum Snowfield. He is a wonderful Welsh lad who has his stammer. Please welcome Callum. Hi, Faison. Thank you for having me on the show today. You're welcome. Welcome. So, Callum, what age did you start stammering? And when did you... The age, I think, was probably around four or five. Just like most children who stammer. Just started stammering. Not really any explanation and carried on. Oh, noticing, I can't really pinpoint this. When I think back to when I was a child, think of primary school, memories like that, I tend to always yeah. remember myself stammering, even mm. if that might not have been the case at the time, perhaps. But it's just the way stammering works. And so as long as I can remember, it's always been part of me. How did you feel about your stammer? In primary school, I was pretty carefree. There was a couple of things that knocked my confidence a little bit, a couple of incidents I remember. Nothing major, just little things like not being able to say a couple of words, feeling a little bit embarrassed. But overall, I didn't see myself as any different to anyone else. So I don't have any problems there. But as I moved into secondary school, that's when things started to hit home. My speech deteriorated, my confidence, mm. self-esteem along with it. And I really did start the struggle in secondary school. And that did have an impact on me. Surely, secondary school was quite daunting for you, right? Yeah, it was only once I was there. It wasn't something I was nervous about. I never considered it. I would have probably been nervous, more nervous, sorry, when I was 16 rather than starting secondary school at 11 because I was more aware. But it was sort of, wasn't any initial fears, but they more grew and came during secondary school. Like you get a couple of people mock you, just little laughs. You know, getting a little bit paranoid about what people think, about your ability, capability. And as I went through secondary school, things did get a lot tougher on me. Mm. And my confidence you know, did get worryingly low, my self-esteem. I tend to isolate myself in school a bit. Not with regard, you know, I had a good friendship group, but you know, I yeah. didn't speak a lot, didn't go out of my way to do much really, say between year 8 to year 10, those three years was a struggle. It really was. Yeah. Respectful were your teachers when you were talking about your stammer to them, did they pick you out in the 
Well, I was very lucky that all my teachers were understanding. Like my head of year would send an email around if I was having a bad week, bad month, or whatever, just saying, Calm's not having the best time at the moment. So just make sure he's all right. You know, don't call on him to do a speech in front of everyone. Just little things like that. Yeah. And I was quite lucky to have that support as oh, there's a good handful of teachers who helped me a lot, but one specifically, Mr. Robbins, who was a assistant head he he was my rock for a lot of my time in secondary school so not for a lot for those five years he was honestly a rock to me and there was quite a few people like that who I do thank a lot because it's all the building blocks even though it was many years ago now they still laid down the foundations for helping me grow as a person so I was quite lucky I suppose in that sense and your teacher grow your confidence. Oh yeah, absolutely. I had an English teacher and a Welsh teacher, both of them really helped me grow. You know, they went out to their way. If I had a speech coming up, I would go to their class after school on break time to sit, sit, practice, practice speaking and more importantly than that for me, and only looking back now, you seem to realise that it wasn't so much the academic effort that made the difference, but it was the fact that they were happy to give give up their time just to help me personally as well, mm. more than just the academic side. And I think that really helped me a lot. So I'm very grateful to them for their support, because even though I still didn't realise it at the time, looking back now, I am really like stupidly grateful for everything they did for me. As they still have to, they really did didn't. Yes, that's really good. So, if you would to go back, how would your teachers react? That's a hard question. I don't know as. I've spoken to one or two since, and they're very supportive of what I'm doing, about how I've grown. So I'm very grateful. But I think it'd be nice to, for me personally, to show, look at what I can do now. You know, I went from the boy who, when we had a supply teacher, I couldn't say my name, I couldn't answer the register. Yeah. Someone who's quite happy talking. So it's not so much the teachers who believed in me because they knew I could do it and they gave me the confidence. But it's the teachers who maybe didn't know me or I didn't know who just thought I was quiet or just thought I didn't want to speak. It'd be nice to go back and actually be able to say my name, be able to openly talk and say it. I've got a stammer and just really see how that would have changed. I'm not a person who looks back and thinks, oh, I wish I could have done that. I wish I could have done that. Because I've learned the hard way. That is a slippery slope. And if you think about your regrets, then it's going to end badly. There's no in-between. So I'm not someone who would say, oh, I wish I could do this. But it'd be nice just to see, going back and just feeling happier at the time, you could say. Yeah, that's really good to hear. So did you ever get discriminated by your stammer I had the occasional 
comments, laughs, people, you know, poking fun, nothing like bullying or anything like that, but just the odd now and again. But I think for me, it was more self-discrimination. As if something happened, I would think, did I not get picked for this because of my stammer? Did I not get the job as my stammer? Did I not get chosen because of my stammer? And I'd say like 90% of the discrimination I faced was done to me. And it probably wasn't. It's probably was, you know, it came from others, but mainly me. But in my head, I know I was my biggest critic. I would pick up on everything I would do that I wasn't happy with, but I would focus on what I couldn't do, focus on thinking of what I might not be able to do. And I, I really self-discriminated against myself. I didn't put myself forward as much as I would have liked mm. to. I didn't do anything I would have wanted to because it was me discriminating, nobody else. Yeah, I probably could have taken those opportunities and no one would have batted an eyelid, but it was my own personal battles I had to overcome first. Did you have any challenges that you wanted to take on? I think most of them were little things, just like ordering the food I want, saying something to someone that I wanted to say, just things that sound so simple, but I wouldn't have been able to do. Like at times, I think I would have pushed myself a bit more when I was younger, maybe sports teams. Like, you know, I play football a bit, but I didn't feel like I could connect. You know, it's just little things like just when I joined clubs, when I did this, I wish, not I wish, I just, I know I could have maybe put myself out there a bit more. So there's nothing too specific. It's more general. But I yeah. tried to not let my stammer hold me back. But yeah. I know it still did deep down. So, yeah, that's an interesting question, actually. So why were you ashamed of your stammer, even though you have accepted that you had one? Well, to be honest, it was I was ashamed because I felt completely on my own. I felt like I couldn't speak, you know, so I thought who would want to hire someone who can't say his own name? What girl would want to be with someone who can't say his name, can't say his address, you know? And mm. it's like it was things like that which made me think, you know, that I may, I'm not worth as much. I'm not good enough compared to other people you know you start comparing i think you know i wish i could be like him i wish i could be like her and you do get a sense of shame was not only was i comparing myself to people but i was thinking i could never be that person hmm. even if it was someone who i could have quite easily been or leveled with i would even think oh no they're too good i'm not good enough and that still affects you it really does and i think with the acceptance part I thought I accepted my stammer a lot earlier than I did when, in reality, yeah, it was only last year through Star Wars when I accepted it properly. I think that really opened my eyes to what acceptance was. So it was, it was easy just to say I accepted my stammer. Yeah. But deep down, I knew I had that shame. And it's not a nice thing.
You know, we've yeah. all got our insecurities, and being ashamed of something that you can't particularly change, not change, something you, something you would change but not get rid of, something that will always be part of you. You know, there was time I thought I'm going to be living in shame in the shadow of other people for all my life, and that, you know, that can lead to a downward spiral with yeah. self-esteem, self-confidence, self-belief, and all that. So, yeah, that's my answer to that one. Really. So, did you basically have a fixed mindset back then? Yes, I'd say so. As much as I try to push myself. I I still achieve things that I didn't think I could achieve. I still did well in speaking assessments, speaking exams. I still spoke, but I know I was very fixed in. I was still a believer that I might wake up one morning and my stammer would be gone. I remember thinking, like, for example, in the school holidays, yeah. if I was with my parents for two weeks for Easter or Christmas and I didn't hardly stammer or block, I yeah. think, oh, I wonder if it's gone. Maybe you know, I was still thinking that when I was 15, 16, when yeah. I knew damn right it was still going to be there and it wasn't going to go. But you try and think it might be gone because that's a lot easier than thinking I'm going to have to go through stammering for the rest of my life. Yeah. So you look for the easy way out. And when you're not aware of the support, when you're lacking self-confidence anyway, yeah. it's so easy to get that fixed mindset. Yeah, I think... That felt like me because when I was talking to my mum or dad, I wasn't stammering. So I thought, has my stammering run overnight? And I thought that was just weird. If I'm talking smoothly to my Mum or dad, why can't I talk smoothly to my cousins, my teachers? It's just so weird. It really is. And that's what gets you thinking about what is stammering. It's still a very unanswered question. Yeah. Because there's so many types. It's like every person who stammers has a different stammer. Yeah. That, it's like even though we've got similarities and been through similar. Uh, experiences is still no two stars are the same and that's what's hard for people who stammer to understand never mind people who don't so so you went to work you didn't tell them that you had a stammer when you just started. Why is that? It's back to the shame and embarrassment, really. I don't want to label myself. Yeah. I don't want to stand out as being different to anyone else. And I thought, what kind of response would I get if everyone thinks, oh, he got a stutter, he can't talk. I don't want to be discriminated against, so to speak. So I thought hiding it would be the best option but in reality that was a stupid decision yeah it really was as I, I know for a fact from talking to people no matter how much I thought I was hiding it it was blatantly obvious I had a stammer from the offset and throughout 
So it was a stupid thing to do. And that made my time in it a lot worse. As I held myself back again for a, a, when I started for a long time, when I shouldn't have, I held myself back. I was quiet. I didn't engage in conversation. I tried to keep myself to myself. And it was all because I didn't want to risk exposing this big secret, you could say. Yeah. Even though everyone knew about it because it's obvious that I stutter, obvious that I block. Yeah. But because I wasn't talking about it, no one else would talk about it. Yeah. And that, it did make me feel quite unhappy sometimes in work. But I couldn't be the real me because I was afraid to talk. And, you know, I was excluding myself. I was isolating myself, really. I wasn't pushed to one side because of my stammer. It was the complete opposite. And, you know, it's one of the things, it's a learning curve. Mm. I put my hands down, it taught me a lot. It taught me just to not be an idiot and actually don't try and hide something that's plainly obvious. But it was the time that I was embarrassed. I didn't want to stand out. I didn't want people to think differently of me, think less of me. And that shame again. So that's why I just hid from hid from my stamp and tried to hide it. Hmm. So did you want your mum to talk to work first about your stammer? No, not at all, really. I just, I don't know. I think the only reason I actually spoke to people in work about my stammer was because, again, a handful of people I'm really grateful for came to me first. If it wasn't for them actually saying, oh, your speech is sounding good today, or little, or or actually having faith in me to do something outside of my comfort zone, perform a new role, do little things like that, just supporting me, then I would probably never spoke about it until I truly accepted my stammer. Hmm. You know, like, it, I could have probably got my mother just to say something about it or just got, or even just spoke to the boss and just said, can you mention it? But yeah. again, that was drawing attention to it for me. So I found it easier to hide away. Yeah. I say easier. I literally look back and laugh. I just made my life 10 times harder. Mm-hmm. Just easier hiding from things when in reality, I shouldn't have. Hmm. Don't, do, do you think that it would have made you relax telling everyone that you had a stammer? Yeah, I think up to a point. I think at the time, even if I told everyone I had a stammer, because of the shame and acceptance, you would say, I would have still been on edge. I wouldn't have been fully comfortable. Like, I'm not denying it. probably would have made it easier. Yeah. But I would have still been having my own mental battles in my head as well. So it's a bit of both, really. It's one of the ones that, in hindsight, I should have. But I know only when I actually accepted my stammer and I overcome the fear of stammering, is when I started to make changes. Okay. So, how did you feel talking to people that have a stammer like you? Again, it's a hard one because I was part of the British Stammer Association Facebook group. 
And in those confined walls of that group, I was quite happy talking. I posted the odd video. Yeah. Admittedly, it was quite a pessimistic video. Yeah. But in those... But that, it was sort of like that was the safety net. Yeah. Because I was there because of my stammer, the same as everyone else. So I was okay in that sense, but in person, I didn't know many people who stammered. Mm. Before Starfish, I probably knew about two who, sorry, who overtly stammered. I probably know covert stammerers mm. and still don't know, but overtly I knew two, and we didn't speak about it. Only I spoke to one of the lads about it. He's a, was a good mate of mine, he still is. He just dropped me a text when I was raising awareness of stammering last year. And the first time in 18 years of knowing him that we actually spoke, and both of us had a stammer. I'm looking back, how easy it would have been in school mm. for both of us just to talk about it or talk about it together, talk about it with a teacher together. Just So I think there was still a stigma for me yeah. that I didn't want someone to ask me about my stammer because I would start blocking more. So why would I ask someone else about it? Because if they're feeling the same shame as I am, I don't want to make anyone feel like that. Yeah. So, with your story, you said liked your stammer. Why is that? Well, I like my stammer, but I hate stuttering. I know that sounds completely conflicting, Mm. but if someone could give me a pill to stop stuttering, I hand down would take it. Because I hate stuttering, I hate blocking, because I don't... But on the other side of that, I've accepted my stammer. I like my stammer because it's given me these opportunities to start a podcast, to meet incredible people, to share stories. So I like my stammer. I like the stammering community and stuff like that. But the actual, I say, art of stuttering, you could call it. I hate stuttering. And there's also a misconception that because I hate stuttering and I hate stammering or blocking, that I haven't accepted my stammer. But no. You can accept yourself, as I'm fully accepting that I have a stammer, but that doesn't mean that I like the negative side of things at all. And that's like the iceberg around stammering. Mm. Just because I don't like the obvious blocks that are above the surface doesn't mean I can't accept and melt what's underneath the surface to make it a hell of a lot easier for me. So... Does your stammer make life easier for you? If so, why? That's a that's a good question. As you would think, as guessing people who don't stammer would think the answer would be no. Yeah. Straight up makes everything ten times harder. Yeah. But in reality, it make does it make things it does. It makes certain things easier. Mm. Well, not easier as such, but stress-free as going to the doctors. My mom would talk for me. Yeah. Going into a restaurant to order food. 
where anyone would say my name, someone else would do the speaking for me and it'd be one less thing for me to worry about. But on the flip side of that, I was still worrying about having to get someone else to speak for me because of my stammer. So it's a really hard question to answer. Because on the one side, certain situations were easier. But on the other side, if I didn't have a stammer or if I was in control of my speech, I overcome the fear of stammering, then it would, would have made, made things easier again. Mm. But I think something that's literally just popped into my head is it's made my ambitions easier. I don't know if that's the right word, but like starting a podcast. Without my stammer, I would never have started a podcast. Mm. So it's sort of challenged me, which has made me want to push myself. So stepping outside of my comfort zone has been easier than it would have been, you could say. But again, it's all in perspective and hindsight. So there's no way of knowing. Mm. But in my opinion, yeah, I would say that my stammer has made it easier for me to push myself, be more accepting, be more understanding, and just not take things for granted, really, as well. Okay. Interesting. So, what was life like before Starfish? Hit and miss is how I describe it. Some days were very good. Some days, not so much. When you look back, you obviously remember the bad times more than the good. I think that's quite similar for anyone, that you tend to focus and lock onto the not-so-nice memories. But it was very... I don't know how to describe... Things were changing a lot, let's just say. As at one point, I would think, oh, no, I'm doing all right. But then the next day, I wouldn't be able to get a word out. I'd be struggling. I'd be feeling very insecure about myself again, but can't be at all time low. And it would just sometimes come out of nowhere. There was just little drops when you just, you're fine, then you're not, just like a click of a finger. So Starfish was very pivotal. Before that, it was very up, down, up, down, not really knowing where my head's at, not really knowing what I'm thinking. I wasn't very decisive. I didn't really, I still don't have anything set in stone. You know, like making a decision, about my future or something as simple as what drink I should say I want, but I can say yeah. it. It was very, yeah, it, it was hard. It's hard to explain. It was very, it was mad. I would say in my head, it was mad. That's the only way I can sort of describe it. Cause I don't know what was going to happen next. I had absolutely no control of my stammer, which meant I had no control of what I was going to say. And it could have been what I wanted to say, or it could have been what I could say. And that is, a hard thing to accept. Yeah. I think it's a really hard thing to accept. So, how would you describe your stammer before and after? Before, I would say controlling. Definitely controlled me a lot. It dictated what I could do. Obviously got the shame and the embarrassment. Yeah. And sort of my stammer completely filled me before. You know, I couldn't do anything simple. Even, you know, I would get 
so anxious just going out for a meal and just little things like yeah. that. So my star had stupid control over me. But then after Starfish, it suddenly became different. I felt in control, not just of my speech, but I felt in control of what I could say, what I could do, where I could go. And I never had that before. Mm. And that was a shock. I admit to you, after Starfish, I did start to run before I could walk. I tried... Oh, that's not a bad thing, as it can work, but I did start to run before I could walk, but I had this new ability to control my speech. Yeah. As a result, I had a couple of dips, you know, up downs, but you can get yourself back up again, and that's something I never had before. The ability to be able to get yourself back up, pick yourself back up, but have that support and other people you can rely on to pick yourself back up mm. as well, and give you that little bit of feedback, that kick up the backside when needed, just to Say, you know, do this, do this, stop doing that. As simple as that. So, you know, it's a cliche, but Starfish changed my life, not just my speech. Okay. So, describe Starfish in three words. Inspiring. Emotional. I'd probably say significant only because life changes two words, but inspiring because I've met so many incredible people and I know there's so many more yet to meet. Emotional because on my first course, I cried so many times. It's unreal. The first time I said my name, I broke down into tears. Then just doing other little bits, you know, you get emotional. You know, I'm saying things I never thought. Not I've never said before, but I never thought I could mm. say in my life. So emotional, very yeah. emotional. And when I went back to Starfish, I was equally as emotional because I was back in a place which made me, you could say. And I say significant because it changed my life. And it is such an important part of me and it always will be. Yeah. That's good, that. Because I think it's good to cry sometimes because it happy inside you want to tell everyone your achievement that you've done like you say to your mum look I've done it I've done it I've done it I can do this and I think Amazing when you say your name for the first time, it's a relief. All right, yeah, I could have said that better. It really is such a weight off your shoulders, and it's just you can't describe it. You cannot describe it the time you say your name for the first time. And that's something that when I tell people, when I talk about my style now. You know, I say, you know, when I was 18, I first yeah. said my name. And then that's... The, the reaction I get, obviously, it's all like, you know, people are interested, but it's just mad to consider that something like saying your name has been taken yeah. for granted. But for people who have a stammer, it can literally mean the world. Yeah. So...
How did you feel when you said your name for the first time without stammering? Uh, honestly, I broke down yeah. in tears because I felt incredible mm. because my name was such a burden yeah. on me. Oh, you always think, why did my name have to start with a yeah. K for Callum? But that's a sound I can never yeah. get out. It's a word I've never been able to say. I've been a Callum. That was my name, a Callum. People thought my, someone actually thought my name was a Callum because I had to make a ah yeah. sound before saying it. And it's just, I felt relief. I felt incredible. I felt too emotional to yeah. know what to do because it's just such an overwhelming yeah. thing. And I never thought that one little word yeah. like your name could mean so much. Yeah, I bet all the people in the audience were in tears too. Oh, it was very, very emotional it was, let's just say that. Okay, so last question. What advice would you give to a person who is going to have their oral exam but they are worried they will stammer. First bit of advice, and this was taught to me by a man called David Parrish from Starfish, never apologise for stammering. Hmm. Never apologise. So, because it's forced a to go, sorry, but just don't. Second bit of advice, just know what you are capable of. Know that inside you are capable of things not only that you don't believe, but people who don't stand there don't believe. You can achieve the same, if not more, than able people, yeah. so to speak. And if you're worried, just accept the fact that you know yeah. you stammer. And it's about what you say, not how you say it. You know you stammer, and it'll be if you do stammer when you're speaking doing this oral exam, for example, then it will be obvious to the examiner that you stammer and that will not make a difference at yeah. all. It really won't. And just talk to someone. If you're worried, find there is support out there. There is so much support out there if you know where to look. Just look on the Stammer website. They've got everything you need. Just know you're not alone. I, I get quite passionate, if you can tell, yeah. talking about this because... As you know, we know what it's like to be in that position. And if we can help anyone, and I would love to, and not even for an oral exam, but if anyone is worried about yeah. their stammer, worried about yeah. stuttering, just don't. It's so much easier said than done. I know it takes years of work for some people, years, months, decades, but just realise that it's okay yeah. to stammer. You don't have to hide from it. You don't have to worry about it. It's okay. And just embrace it. There's support out there. There's help out there. And believe me, it's worth it. All the hardship, one day you will turn around and you will realise it was worth it. Yes. All right. Thank you very much, Callum, for that advice. And thank you for coming on to my podcast. And I just... Noticed, uh, and that is how did the Schofield stories come about? 
Well, Scofield Stories is the podcast I host, which is basically a platform for people to share their stories and how they overcome hardships against the odds, whether it's uh, someone famous. For example, I've had an actor on. I've had uh, podcasts about people from TV shows that are hunted, or whether it's someone with a stammer, someone with dyslexia, comedians, actors, whoever it is. If you've got a story, if you've overcome something, then I want to hear your story. As being someone who's stammered, as lots, if not all the stammer community know, we don't have, we probably didn't have the opportunity to use our voice to broadcast what we could say or what we wanted to say. And that's where the idea came from for me. To create yeah. a space, a laid-back, comfortable environment for people to share their stories, whether that's a positive, upbeat, uplifting story or an emotional story about how they overcome hardship. If you've got a story, I want them on the show. And that was my main inspiration. And also appearing on the My Stutter in mm. Life podcast with my, my good friend yeah. Pedro Pena. If I didn't appear on his podcast, I probably wouldn't have. And with the idea of a podcast, it relies solely on your speech, on your words. And I thought that is something that will push me out of my comfort zone. Not being a guest, but hosting. I thought, am I going to step up to that challenge? And honestly, I can say the Schofield Stories is oh, it's my bread and butter, as they say, at the moment. I'm loving it. I'm honestly loving it. So that's what Schofield Stories is. And that's how it came okay. about, really. That's really interesting to hear. Okay. Thank you for uh, the podcast. I'm your host, Faisal Sheikh. And um, a big thank you, Colin Schofield, for joining. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. Keep up what you're doing. We need as many people overcoming the fear of stammering and broadcasting it as we can. So thank you again. Thanks very much, Helen.